And you're listening to the Lost Boys Movie Minute Podcast, podcast dedicated to the 1980s horror movie directed by Joel Schumacher. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And these minutes, which pretty much end the movie now, uh, leading into the credits, are minutes 90 to 95. We begin with Max having, uh, like, leaving off where we left off where Max was turned around and ending with the, the actors' names coming up on the screen. Yep. Correct. He has Sam and Lucy in his clutches, and he defeats Michael pretty easily. Yeah, he just he just kind of tosses him and ragdolls him up up toward the antlers. What do you think of uh, Sam's makeup in this? Oh, sorry, Sam. Uh, 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 Max's makeup. <laughs> it's pretty great. I really like the extreme like cheeks and jawline. <laughs> what did you uh, think of this compared to a movie like um, Fright Night, which Chris Sarandon's makeup was pretty you know crazy for a vampire at the time. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is. It is similar. I think that what's I find interesting is that this this era of vampires they they focused a lot on eyes rather in and so and so and making the face distorted and in rather than just kind of making them kind of sleek or anything like that or just kind of subtle touches like in more classic like classic vampire stuff. But big like big yellow and orange eyes always get me. He he wants Lucy. He wanted a mate. It seems right. Yeah, he actually. What's so strange about this is that he actually indicates that that Michael being turned and then the attempt to turn Michael and Sam is actually all part of his plan to get Lucy to be turned too. So like this, he sicked the Lost Boys specifically on them. So Star, perhaps even Star, flirting with Michael in the first place was all by design, which is that's very elaborate planning <laughs> in terms of saying like I really want this. I really want to mate with this divorcee for life, so let's go through her kids. <laughs> it's a very, very elaborate scheme. Um, La Cucaracha. What do we have about the uh, song La Cucaracha? Do we have any great information were you able to pull? Scott, sure. what, what impersonation do you do so well connected to the song La Cucaracha, connected to a very famous <laughs> 11-year-old comic book movie franchise? <laughs> uh, I, I have occasionally been known to do Luis from <laughs> the, from the Ant Man franchise. Uh, I believe his his van or one of his one of his vehicles plays La Cucaracha. <laughs> Has anyone seen a brown ugly van? Yeah, but you're not gonna like where it's parked. I love that yeah. line for Endgame. No spoilers, people. Come on, you knew the La Cucaracha van was gonna. It's in the trailer. That's not a spoiler. You see Ant Man Scott Lang sitting outside the Avengers compound with the La Cucaracha van, the ex con van. Um, immediately when I started doing this podcast and I watched the Lost Boys from beginning to end, I immediately thought of Louise's van because of that noise that obviously also signals the uh, police at the very beginning, sorry, towards the end of the Ant-Man movie when Yellow Jacket's trying to steal Pym's uh, technology. Yes. And Scott's, uh, not, Scott's ex-wife's current husband remembers the, uh, the lyric. (laughs) I forgot about that part. Um, so what do we have about La Cucaracha for the song? Where, where does the song even come from? And when, um, it's when a, did it start becoming like a, a, a ringtone like that for a van? 
Yeah, apparently it's a traditional Spanish folk song, and then I guess it it became very popular in Mexico. It apparently became very, very, very popular in the Mexican Revolution. So I'm guessing that that's part of why it was very, it was very popular. And then also, there's other there's other people that have like done performances of the song over the years. Had here's one that I thought was thought was interesting is that um, Rock Around the Clock of uh, Billy Haley and his comments of Rock Around the Clock fame has played a version of this song, um, but it was also used as uh, for Speedy Gonzalez and Looney Tunes. Really? Yes. And then the one more, which I think makes a little more sense, is Los Lobos have played the song, which adds up perfectly. And but I think they're getting their start around this time, so there's kind of a it's an odd confluence. It just kind of sits out, and I think the melody is really distinctive. So all different kinds of people have played the song over the years. It's like it. There's no genre specific that plays it. It is old, like old kind of like fifties, old fifties performers have done it, and then like jazz performers have done it. Like Charlie Parker has done one. The Wiggles have done it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not gonna try and um, read the lyrics in Spanish. My Spanish is not very good whatsoever. I pretty much seed indeed my way through Spanish in high school. Um, and I took French, the, so I'm of no use. The English translation for it, there's there's several versions of it. Pre-revolutionary, revolutionary. I'm just going to pick one. The cockroach, the cockroach can't walk anymore because it doesn't have, because it's lacking marijuana to smoke. The cockroach just died. Now they saw the cockroach at night at the house of the, of the Rodriguez among four buzzards and a mouse at the house of Rodriguez. That yeah, I mean, there's a... Yeah, there's... Cucaracha. Yeah, it's it's all over. I can't understand what the full meaning of it is. I honestly think it just sticks around because of the melody. I don't know if the lyrics are that memorable. Because I think all people remember da 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 Like I don't think anybody, not too. I don't think it's widely known for lyrics. I think it's mostly known for that that melody. Now, um, let's see. In... So that's that song is is in our in our movie is comes from a different band. <laughs> oh, what's the band? <laughs> well, not in our a band, movie? but a, a truck. What's the band in our movie? Not the not the band. It's it, the different vehicle. Oh, uh, okay. By the way, there's apparently several films called La Cucaracha. One came out in 1934, and one came out in 1998. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm also trying to find like a list of films that Cucaracha has been in besides Ant Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp, The Lost Boys, and Avengers Endgame. Which, again, yeah. is not really a spoiler if you saw the trailer. Yes. No, I, I feel like I've, it's just, I've heard it just used as a kind of a... Like I said, like even not even just this movie, I feel like I've heard it used as just a, a horn in, a, in multiple movies. It's funny that... Uh, I didn't realize there were movies called the Cucaracha as well. Are they about cockroaches, or what are they about? I... Senior Martinez, a famous theater owner, visits a local cafe in Mexico because of its reputation for good food and will audition the famous dancer who performs there. Oh, I see. Okay, and that's the 1934 version. The cucaracha plays and Grandpa comes in and Michael pushes Max in front of the stake and it impales him. And everyone, is he explodes. And everyone is covered and looks like they came down the chimney when it happens, too. Yeah, I, I was getting ready for step in time for Mary Poppins because they <laughs> look like chimney sweeps. But yeah, no, it's I I do, I think well I really like the shot when because we see Michael push him 
and then the, we see the state clearly go all the way through Max, and then we and then we kind of follow like the camera follows Max as it impales him into the into the is the chimney right there? I think it's right by the chimney. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, it, you're right about the Mary Poppins line. That that that's funny. I didn't see the new one. Did you see Mary Poppins starring um, Mary Poppins Returns starring um, Emily Emily Blunt? Blunt. No, I that's that's one of those ones that it's an outlier for me because usually I did I end up seeing most movies, but that one just got past me because I didn't have a ton of interest. And it's also there's like 17 other movies that came out around that time because it was holiday season. So it's like I think like there was a I'm trying to remember there was a couple of big ones like Bumblebee and stuff like that was that all out at the same time. So I never got never got around to it. Um, it's funny to see Emily Blunt in that movie versus live die repeat <laughs> uh, oh i love i love her live die repeat or like a quiet play. like she's she's established herself as an action role and now she's like i will be the perfect nanny that is that is my new role and not just her <laughs> the perfect I mean, nanny did you ever think jim from the office would be an action hero like jack ryan oh man no he's he's got he's definitely attempted to reinvent himself i think it all started with 13 hours when he did that michael bay like Mercs, like mercenary, like the basically the mercenaries that like uh, try to get people out of the embassy in Benghazi. <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, definitely. But that's a whole other podcast to talk about uh, Mary Poppins. I'm sure there's a Mary Poppins movie minute. <laughs> that would be interesting because they'd have to cut off songs all the time. Um. So, what is the most famous line from the Lost Boys? Do you think? Um. Let's see. I. I. I think it has to be. I think it definitely has to be Grandpa's line. It's the final. It's the final line. There's one thing in Santa Carla I can't stand. It's all the damn vampire. Right? That's it. Did I screw yep, that up? Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> that is a great line. Well, it, it's so. It's. I think the reason it works so well is that it kind of it wraps up everything about Grandpa's character, like why he just doesn't seem to be phased by anything. He's just like, oh, more vampire stuff. All right, like <laughs> he's he's been very aloof about everything, and so you're like, oh, it makes sense. He's he's he gets it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden, now don't forget, Grandpa gave Max like like a look earlier in the movie. Like he suspects something about him, and it's not just because he's dating his daughter, because Mary has been, you know, Lucy. Sorry, Lucy has been married, you know. Yeah, it, it, at the moment it reads as like defensive because you know new guy with recently divorced daughter or recently divorced daughter, but then you're like, oh, does he know more than we think he does? Maybe. I mean, but yeah, but I. But, but here's it, the it thing. Plays, here's the thing. Really In well. the comic book series, The Lost Boys, written by Tim Seeley, it's revealed that Max, sorry, Max, uh, Grandpa is part of a group of vampire hunters. Which, I mean, he's kind of slacking off if the Lost Boys are rolling around. <laughs> right, right. All right. He didn't realize it was in his own house. <laughs> so we fade to black. He closes the refrigerator door, and they're still sitting there staring in disbelief, you know, as he, like, chugs mm-hmm. a drink, uh, his yoo-hoos. And uh, mm-hmm. then we start getting the uh, the music played by the cover of the Doors song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that uh, Echo and the Bunnymen cover. And we start to get the credits. We get the credits with the actors' names. Now, the one thing I want to point out really quick um, is that we we don't get them in order of appearance, though. 
we don't get them in alphabetical order either. No, it just it just seems to be like uh, order of importance, I guess. Yeah, isn't that kind of strange? It's it's semi common. I think in most modern credits, like they'll show they're more likely to. Like let's say it's a, it's a Marvel movie, they're more likely to show like top billing, but they'll give them like a like a card in the credits, and then they'll show everybody. But yeah, it's it all, it all depends. Some people feel like if they go alphabetical, it's more egalitarian. But what I love is that as soon as you get through all the main people, the next like all the vampires, the Frog Brothers, everybody, the first thing that comes up next. Are surf Nazis one through four, <laughs> and that's in this, that's in the five minutes we're talking about, right? Yeah, it's in the five minutes we're talking okay. about. It's Greg Shelley, surf Nazis one, two, three, four, five. There are five surf Nazis. Okay, now I never understood the surf Nazis thing. Did those kids look like surf Nazis? I don't think so. I honestly just think this is a reference to the surf uh, the surf nazi movie i honestly surf that, nazis i think that's must all it die is. from 1987 yeah i think so maybe i don't know when the son of a gun-wielding woman is murdered by neo-nazi surf punks in the post-apocalyptic future his mama hunts them down for bloodthirsty revenge i mean it is it is a trip i'll tell you <laughs> and i believe this is a trauma movie too a trauma film right oh yeah yeah did you believe it is a yeah, trauma yeah it is movie, it is yeah. it's listed as trauma um, because mm-hmm. I was looking for uh, Lloyd Kaufman's name on the credits, and it's like directed writer, and I'm like, I don't see where the hell's Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, he's not <laughs> listed as director or writer, so he's got to be on the producer credits. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you ever see Surf Nazis Must Die? I think I've seen like clips from it. I've never seen it in full. In, in terms of trauma, I'm much more familiar with like Toxic Avenger and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, the credits. Yeah, we get to it's. So actually, it's a pretty surprisingly sparse cast list. I feel like normally, I feel like in modern credits, you get about every single actor. Every I don't know. I feel like even just background actors would get more credit than than this. Maybe, maybe. But that's pretty much it for this five minutes. As we're going into the credits now for the Lost Boys as part of the Lost Boys Movie Minute podcast. Uh, we in two weeks we'll have a much short episode as we continue through the credits because uh, we don't have five minutes left of the movie I think we only have about two you can check us out on the Lost Boys podcast uh, Movie Minute podcast Facebook page and you can also reach out to us at thatradiohorror at gmail.com or radiohorror.com for more information about our uh, about other episodes connected to the, Lo- to the Lost Boys don't forget we're going to take a big hiatus do a special episode about the comic book written by Tim Seeley, and then switch gears to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast as the name and title of the podcast will change as we switch over to Once Bitten, a 1980s horror comedy starring Jim Carrey and former Playboy playmate Laura Hutton. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Scott. Thank you.